Welcome back to the Aon Pensions Podcast. I'll be joined by Susan Hoare, who's a partner within the Aon Governance Practice, and Sarah Butlin, who is a Principal Consultant. In this episode, we'll be talking about building the right support for your pension scheme. With trustee boards and internal teams stretched, trying to deliver for the pension scheme, we look at the issues that are affecting decision-making, including biases, based on the behavioural research the team did in an earlier episode. We'll look at some practical solutions, how to help manage the situation, and we'll look at some of the ways in which pension funds and sponsors can overcome these problems. And now, time for the interview. Well, welcome back both. And especially Susan, this is your second time on the podcast. Yes, um, it is. Previously, we talked about trustee effectiveness and the behavioural research you'd done at the time. And now you're turning your attention to building the right support. So why is this? Yes, Stuart, so you're absolutely right. So the first time we were looking at um, trustee effectiveness specifically, and we'd done quite a lot of research in this space. And in particular, we were looking at restructuring trustee meeting agendas. We were looking at ways to inject challenge into trustee meetings through things like our 10 questions for challenging advisors. We were also looking at the behavior of the chair of trustees because this has a huge impact on the rest of the board. And then generally looking at helping trustees deliver more strategic business plans. But once the trustee board is running well and making lots of effective decisions, the speed at which the trustees can operate is very much dependent on the level and quality of the resources they have around them to implement those decisions. And if I think about our behavioural research in particular, I think there are two biases that aren't helping here. And the first one is the present bias. And what I mean by this is as individuals, we tend to want to focus on those items that give us the more immediate rewards. And so we have to force ourselves to think longer term. And this is relevant because if trustees aren't thinking and planning longer term, then it's really hard for those supporting them to think about, do we have the level of resources required to help the trustees deliver? And and the second one is the optimism bias. Now, that sounds like a really good thing. We're all over-optimistic. And and that's generally what it means is that as individuals, we tend to think we can deliver more with our time than we actually can in practice. In this situation, that can be a negative because if the team supporting the trustees think they can deliver, then they're actually not going to flag at an early enough point that they don't have the resources in order to support the trustees to deliver their business plan. But there's also cultural aspects I'm sure going on here. I rarely ever hear a pensions manager or secretary to the trustees say to a trustee board, guys, I can't deliver all that you've given to me and you're going to need to go at a slower pace. That just doesn't happen. If anything, they're going to try to struggle and carry on and just take that increased workload. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, many of the listeners of the podcast can relate to that, especially with the optimism bias. (laughs) But what actually happens then in practice, Sarah? Pensions team are naturally going to want to deliver everything that's given to them. And that results in them working longer hours, typically. And gradually, you start to see the telltale signs that things aren't going well. You find your meeting papers being delivered late. You find matters arising aren't moving along quickly and actions are being followed up far too slowly. 
And ultimately, you can find that impacts on the ability to deliver big projects as well, because those may end up going off track because the resources aren't there to deliver the project that was being undertaken. Over the last 12 months or so, I've sat in trustee meetings and I've seen the amount of work that's on trustees' agendas and the amount that's being um, pushed out to the in-house pensions team. The board's already trying to actively deliver an agenda of work that is four years' worth of work. And then on top of that, we're layering new pieces of regulation, for example, um, the GMP equalisation ruling, um, which is on everybody's agenda to deal with over this year. So, I mean, actually, in a way, it sounds like um, some of these pension setups are, are being run as without a lack of support. I mean, what what who should be providing this support? So, what we tend to find is that in small companies, there's a limited amount of in-house support available. The pensions might be run by somebody who already has a full day job in, for example, finance or HR or company secretarial. Um, In medium-sized companies, there might be a small in-house resource. um, And then on top of that, they might rely on external consultants like Aon to deliver certain aspects of the work. Um, In larger companies, there tends to be a larger in-house resource. um, And also they will rely on external consultants to to deliver their projects as well. You'll notice that the solution that we've talked about doesn't actually depend on the size of the pension scheme. It's driven primarily by the size of the company. And so the biggest stress area is in um, a small company that has a large pension scheme, for example, where they have limited in-house resources and they probably also have a limited budget that they can spend externally with consultants. And what we also find is where there is an in-house team, they tend to be doing work for the company as well. So the company will have um, its full agenda of work for that team, which might be running the ongoing pension scheme. And then from the trustee side, they're then having to manage the DB scheme. And so the in-house team has to try and balance the priorities of both the sponsor and the trustees who are both trying to deliver an agenda of work. So a lot of this is maybe the individuals that are perhaps time crunched and you know don't, don't feel they have anywhere to go. I, I would agree with that and I would say that there isn't a desire to throw additional resources. People see this as a temporary problem. This is going to disappear but in reality pension schemes aren't going anywhere. Yes some of the best funded schemes are being bought out but even the plans for buyout we, we, you know a lot of schemes are looking at ambitious plans to buy out over the next 10 years. So we've got quite a long time to run these problems if you don't have the right resources and like GMP it's a temporary problem until the next temporary problem comes along absolutely absolutely I've yet to see a time where we're looking for things to put on meeting agendas what we are often doing is trying to work out which is the most important item to get airtime in this meeting and other things are then deferred so what, what is the fix Well, if I start by assuming that we have fixed in-house resources and and try to think about how could we optimise these better, for me, it's about sitting down with the in-house team and actually mapping out how they're spending their time. And, And what you will find within that are things that they're doing that they've done for so long that they don't actually know it's above and beyond what everyone else is doing. So are you going out of your way providing that additional level of support that no one else is providing? 
So is it that you feel that and pass it the administrator? And, and, you know, that has a huge amount of time implication on it. And is it necessary? Can members self-serve and go direct to the administrator? If you can do that, then you probably could free up a lot of time from the in-house team. Now, the in-house team do a huge amount to support trustees. And when we did our trustee effectiveness podcast, we paid our attention at the length of trustee meeting packs. And there we were looking at what does that do to the amount of reading time for trustees and what does that do to the meetings? How can we focus on key items when meeting packs are so long that we actually don't know which are the key items? But the impact here is on the people who are actually preparing those packs. If they're that long, then they're probably taking a fair number of days to prepare. And and it's not just the full board meetings. Committee meetings are now lengthy meeting packs as well. And it's about changing the practice here. So is the solution more of an online meeting pack where you take out the items that aren't for direct decision making in the board meeting and actually encourage the advisors to add them onto an electronic database where what you then have for the trustees is a knowledge hub. This is all the information that's really relevant to your role, but does it need the in-house team's involvement in putting that onto the website or is it just something that can be self-served? And then you're left with a very small meeting pack that is something that is much more manageable for the in-house team electronic meeting packs haven't helped because what that has meant is we've all started making these packs longer because now that we don't print them we don't see how massive they've become and and another really quick area is meeting minutes I mean these vary massively between one board and another and and when you're an advisor and you sit across a number of boards you set you really do see the variance in, in what's being delivered from those minutes that are focusing on the action points only to those that are pretty much trying to transcript the conversation of the whole meeting. And and that, you can imagine, must take forever to prepare. And so having mapped out the time that they're spending in the in-house team, it's then looking at smarter ways of working. But the reality might be that there just aren't enough resources in that team. But I'd say that's your first piece, is to ensure that you're happy that the team are spending their time in the right places and then if clearly there are enough resources then it's about looking at how do you increase those for the pension funds um that probably sat there listening and relating completely to um the the issue around meetings and note taking and meeting packs the message then is simplification it's about trying to pick out the key information and not try and pile everything into a into a single document Absolutely. We're seeing a lot of trends in this space, driven a lot by trustees because, you know, it's a huge amount of time to read the packs. But but there's also the risk. Will I know the really important part of that meeting pack if the meeting pack in its entirety is 600 pages long? And I'm only given it one week or two weeks before the meeting. I mean, you think about that and fitting that amongst, alongside your day job. That's a huge ask. So the demand has come from trustees directly, but in-house teams are breathing a sigh of relief yeah. because no one's thinking about how long does it take us to pull all of this together? Although I would say there is a little bit of pain in the transition because you know, it's crazy to say, but it's actually harder to produce a short summary than it is to just throw everything in. But once we're up and running, I think this is going to be much more manageable over the longer term. So what are the best solutions for increasing the resource? 
So there's a range of solutions that trustees and companies are starting to look at. And the solution won't be the same for everybody, but it will be driven by the culture of the organization, um, its budget um, capacity, etc. But we are finding that, for example, if there's a temporary resource gap where you've got a specific project, then that might involve a secondment into your in-house pensions team to help support that project through. And then once the project's finished, you know, they go back to their day job. I suppose that also gives the the scheme an opportunity to bring in a, a, a better skill set, which perhaps they haven't had before to, to address Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I mean, it, it is about making sure that you've got the right skills in the room to deliver the given project or the ongoing work, depending what the task at hand is. Other examples are if you're permanently under-resourced, then <laughs> the obvious one would be to recruit a long-term permanent person into the team to supplement the resources that you've got there. But again, considering the skills of the team that you have already um, and bringing in a person that's going to complement those people that you've already got in place. The last one is potentially outsourcing more work to the advisors. And that can be advantageous because the advisors have a team of people and they can flexibly introduce the resource that you need at the right time. So it's about, again, bringing in the right skills to deliver the work. So If I was to summarize, it's not a single solution. Each company and trustee board needs to work through its own circumstances to decide on the the best solution for them to enable them to complete the work that they've got on their agenda. Do you you think pension schemes take the issue seriously enough that, that they're actually, they need to carve some time out to actually look at this issue? So I think the pension schemes and the trustees are, are very clear on what's required and, and they take it very seriously. And I'm not saying that companies therefore don't, but this is, it's unlikely that they're running one pension scheme. There'll be trustees that they need to support for the arrangement, but there'll be all of the benefits package that they're providing to their existing employees. And this is the same team delivering both. And the the bigger focus is always on the current employees and making sure that we have the right support for them. So it's not that they don't take this seriously. It's that the bigger priority are the the current employees. I would also say trustee boards have kind of, they've raised their trustee effectiveness. And so therefore, they're now looking at how can we deliver everything that we've got to deliver and what resources do we need? Well, I think it's amazing actually how far trustee boards have come in 10 years from, you know, that point when the um, TPA was talking about upskilling them and giving them, um, getting the knowledge gap addressed to where we're at a point now where we're actually looking at how the culture of trustee boards and uh, internal teams are running. I I would agree with that entirely. So I think before boards were much more reactive and and part of it was the management information. So you got a lot of information that was quite out of date. You'd you'd turn up at a meeting, talk about a quarterly report that was probably a couple of months old. You were always kind of following the information. Whereas now we have real-time funding information. We have much more of that information available at our fingertips and trustees have stepped up 
and started to deliver more quickly what's required of them, not helped by the fact that investment markets have been incredibly volatile. And so there's been a need to be more nimble. And and the best schemes have taken advantage of opportunities out there in the market and captured that price in. And those that haven't have probably started to feel a bit guilty and, and thought, well, maybe we've missed opportunities here. How do we avoid that in future? But of course, that behaviour change has left the pensions in-house teams now with an awful lot more to do yeah, than they quite. had before. Susan, if one of your clients approached you, how would Aon help? So we can help in a range of different ways, some very light touch and some much more involved. We actually have a brochure which sets out that depending on how the pensions teams are currently structured might actually depend on the actual support that would best suit them. So Sarah set out earlier that we see a range of different operating models in practice from those companies that have large internal support teams through to those with much smaller in-house resources who are reliant on external advisors to support them. But in addition to that, you have some teams that really want to retain control of the key decisions and would rather have support in some of the more um, day-to-day aspects. Now, once you understand the operating model that the client is wanting to deliver, then we can think about how we can help them optimise what they have. Now, sometimes that's just a very short governance review, which looks at whether they have the right structure and whether there are changes that we can help them make to be more efficient as a team. It might be that we provide them with um, additional secretarial services for those with the smaller teams who just don't have enough resources to deliver everything. Or it might go as far as providing a fully outsourced pensions manager role and actually taking on that function from the in-house team to allow them to focus on the more strategic projects. So actually understanding the operating model that client has helps us best decide how to support them. And, and there isn't just one solution for any pension scheme. We have to work alongside them and understand how they're currently structured and what their key priorities are. So finally, what advice would you give to companies or trustees that are starting to have these discussions? Well, for me, I think it starts with both the trustees and the company having a joint agenda of work. Obviously, the company will have its own agenda of of work in the pensions area and the trustees will have their agenda. Over the last 12 to 24 months, we've really seen a lot of interest from companies in collaborating together with the trustee board to understand the joint long-term plan that they have and the direction of travel that they're going in. Because once you've got that plan, that helps you to understand the work that needs to be undertaken over the next, let's say, three to five years, and then how you're going to actually resource that work. Have you got the right level of resource in-house or with your current advisors, or how would you supplement that resource in order to deliver what you set out to jointly do? Well, lots for both sponsors and schemes to consider there. Thank you both. Thank you. Thank you.